All right, everyone, welcome back for another episode of Matt's Nerd Closet. On today's episode, I'm giving my review of the first episode of Rings of Power, titled Shadows of the Past. I thought it was a great episode, and I want to talk about it. Rings of Power. All right. What is it? Why do I love it? And why are people upset about it? All right. To answer the question of what it is, we have to go back a few years to when they first announced it. So it was announced that Amazon bought the rights to the appendices of Lord of the Rings as well as the trilogy um, from the Tolkien estate. And you know, at this time, it, this was a few years ago. It people were like, "Whoa, they when they did what? Like, what are they going to make out of this?" Um, like, it was universally assumed that if you got the rights to Lord of the Rings appendices, you would like bridge the gap uh, from like the Hobbit to Lord of the Rings. Um, and I guess like Peter Jackson actually had considered doing that um and that like that story right there that's a young aragorn story in the appendices it there is a story titled aragorn and arwen um and it's it's pretty good and it is it's young aragorn it's like him growing up and going on adventures with elrond's sons and then meeting arwen for the first time and you know Elrond being his adoptive like adopted father he <laughs> I, I believe I remember one of the things saying like that she's been alive since before you were even thought of like even like your grandfather was thought of or something like that um, obviously a protective father and like he could tell that Aragorn was smitten because he had raised Aragorn from a son like Aragorn I believe actually thought Elrond was his father um, so, yeah, it was it was assumed that the Lord of the Rings on Prime, because it wasn't titled Rings of Power at this point, it was assumed that it would be Aragorn's story, his becoming a ranger and meeting, befriending Gandalf and um, serving with Rohan and Gondor in disguise. Um, personally, I think that would have been phenomenal um but you know i i understand why they went throughout they did because they had like they can do more seasons of a show about the second age uh, versus doing a show about aragorn you know meeting and betrothing arwen um yeah, I mean it, it's a it's just a much better idea than uh, doing a movie prologue um, and instead doing five seasons of a TV show. You can do so much because, and I mean they could use a lot of gray area in the appendices because there are there is a timeline of the Second Age in I believe Appendix A in the back of return of the king and like there's a lot of gray area it says 
what happens and what year it happens, but it doesn't necessarily go in depth. So they could interpret a lot of that there. And there are, I mean, there's more appendices than just what's in the back of Return of the King, in all honesty. So they they had a lot of wiggle room. And with Aragorn and, Ar- Aragorn and Arwen story, they have to they would have to keep things pretty exact because it's pretty straightforward on what Aragorn did. Um, so it it was it was interesting when they announced that the title was Rings of Power because it was showing that before this point they were releasing like an image of the map of Middle Earth, like it was a fourth of it. And we were seeing further north than we ever had. And then we were seeing further east into Rune far more than we ever have. And it like, because we, there is only the third age um, appendice information in the back of Return of the King, where it like, it really talks about um, Rune and what is going on over there and talking about what went on after return of the king ended and aragorn and eomer joining up all the time and going to war and fighting these people so yeah it was it was really interesting to see so far east um like much further than we ever had and so i mean the thought was oh man we are we are going to be seeing Aragorn traveling Middle Earth. That's going to be awesome because, yeah, he went legit everywhere and he had a different name in different places, kind of like Gandalf did. Um, because, like, Gandalf said that the, he has many names from uh, many different peoples, like for the dwarves and the elves and men. And, uh, but to the east, I go not that is something that he said. Um, so, like, there is. Like, that's one place that he hasn't been to. So, I mean, it was assumed that that would be Aragorn's story. Um, but the Rings of Power. I, I I really liked the first episode. It started out really cool, showing uh, young Galadriel and um, her brother Finrod. And it, it was <laughs> truly beautiful to see the city of Gondolin and the the two trees um, that were lighting Middle Earth. Um, I believe it, one of them is called Laurelin, and it, it was it's truly beautiful. And the music, Bear McCreary, my goodness, it gets you into the zone as you're watching this, and. <laughs> I I thought it was overall really cool. I understand why people are upset with it. And there are some things that upset me too and make, left me scratching my head a little bit. Like the whole, you know, right off the bat and the elephant of the room, Galadriel is a commander, like a leader of armies. That was never, like she was never a commander. Like in the Tolkien letters, there is a Tolkien letter. Um, I think one of the final letters where he mentions that 
I think one of the names of Galadriel was the like, crown, a golden crowned or something like that. And, and he said it was because she would put her hair in a braid and then wrap it around like the top of her head, like pin it up and it would look like a crown of gold. And she would do that when performing athletic feats in her youth. And I mean, the, being a commander is definitely an athletic feat, I guess. And, uh, you know, climbing a frozen waterfall is an athletic feat. And, you know, as they're going, as this episode uh, really gets going after like the recap of the first age um, by Galadriel, you know, we see all these elves climbing this waterfall and then they're, they're in forward with it's the northernmost like kingdom basically. And like, we have some stories about that um, in the appendices, like stuff that happened up where there is snow and ice, but not many. So they went up there and, you know, it, we see these elves, um, you know, struggling in the snow and the ice. And I'm like, come on. Legolas was hopping around on top of snow on Karadras in Fellowship of the Ring and wasn't cold, didn't really need a jacket. And the dude wouldn't even, like, lay down and sleep. Elves basically sleep with their eyes open. Like, they put part of their brain to sleep, I think, something like that. Um it's it is it was very interesting especially as the show gets going and they get to this um dark stronghold like morgoth's stronghold in in the north and they're in there and they're looking around and they find all this like basically dark like sorcery kind of stuff like there's this this anvil and uh, they find a mark in the ice that uh to me like looks like the eye of sauron you know i mean that's what it looked like from a certain angle i'm like that's a very interesting interpretation of the eye of sauron um but i think the the part that it was cool but kind of made me scratch my head a little bit is that you know this snow like this frost troll comes in and the the elves like Galadriel takes it out in like 0.2 seconds um and my brother-in-law and I were actually talking about that and he mentioned that like that's one thing he didn't like because in the fellowship of the ring like the movie it takes you know the entire fellowship quite a while to take down a cave troll like and they have to work as a team and you know i mean suddenly she's able to take out a frost troll in two seconds but my defense was that i mean the elves in the first age were op like they were just newly created they were insanely powerful and the second age they're still pretty strong like it's not until the third age that the elves are basically just chilling in rivendell and 
being all peaceful and stuff and singing. Uh, first age, they were having wars and all that. And um, it's just, so, I mean, I thought it was cool to see a stronger age elf take out a, a frost troll. Um, so that was my defense for that. But I really liked in this episode seeing Elrond and Galadriel. I, when they, when they were showing promo images of Elrond and um, the Dwarven Queen and just showcasing everything, uh, you know, I wasn't exactly impressed, like, especially with, um, with Elrond, I was like, who the heck is that? Like, why does he look like that? And like, really they cast him? Yeah, I was being nitpicky and I was letting little things bother me about the show and before it was even out. Um, but upon seeing the actor for Elrond, you know, perform and, play the character i was pleasantly surprised he was doing very he does very well and uh the writing is great like i don't care what people say and you know i'll probably get a lot of crap for this but i have read the books i i know the lore i know the work and i'm not a traitor but it is I think the writers did a phenomenal job of capturing the feel of Lord of the Rings for when Elrond speaks and Durin and Gilgalad and, you know, everyone. I think it captures the essence of what it is like in Middle Earth. And I, I, again, it's an interesting take on Galadriel, but I think that they chose very well with Morpheth Clark. And despite my apprehensions, they did the same with Elrond. He does a fantastic job. And honestly, he is some people's favorite. Um, but being able to also see in this episode the beginnings of the hobbits like the harfoots um and yes they did exist in the lore if you read concerning hobbits the prologue in fellowship of the ring it talks about the beginnings of the hobbits and there were three tribes i can only remember two one was the harfoots and the other was the fallowhides um it was it's interesting to see them because yeah i mean we have descriptions on what they're supposed to be like like the as i said in my first podcast episode they it's mentioned that the harfoots are you know clean <laughs> and then suddenly they're not like they're they're dirty i mean it does say that they are a darker skinned hobbit so i thought that was kind of a smart move by Amazon Prime um, to go with the Harfoots because that allowed them a greater opportunity to uh, of a diversified cast like by doing that they can have darker skinned people play hobbits and they can um, be more inclusive so I thought that was a unique take on that um, 
I, it's, I, I honestly, I do like the Harfoots. I thought they were unnecessary in the first episode because I just wanted to get back to Galadriel and Elrond. But, um, you know, in beginning a show, you have to build the characters because the story is going to only going to pan out if you build the characters. Um, I did think Gil Gilgalad is how I say it, but I know in the show, in the show it's Gilgalad. Um, I thought he was kind of stuck up and I didn't necessarily like him. Um, and he's always been like one of my favorite characters, but in the show I'm like, wow, you're kind of a, you know, <laughs> I won't say what I think you are. Um, I, I did like um, also Arondir, the uh, darker skinned elf in the Southlands. I was really uncertain about that as the promo images were coming out in the trailer and they were showing this buzz cut elf. I was like, what the, I mean, elves aren't buzz cut. Elves are supposed to have long flowy hair. And I mean, it's never straight up said that elves have long hair, but it's heavily implied in Lord of the Rings that they have long hair. Um, but I thought it was cool uh, seeing, um, these outland um, elves and their their patrolling um especially where they were patrolling in the southlands in within mordor and now again i think this was an interesting choice because in the actual canon timeline of the books baradur is has already been like built and they already like they're already bad guys in Mordor. So it's an interesting take to suddenly not have that stuff have happened and have there be people down in Nern and like along the Sea of Nernin. And it was just an interesting choice to delay certain things happening because like the big brunt of the show is the forging of the rings of power which if you know the canon timeline you know that the rings of power were forged over a thousand years before this show is supposedly taking place so it's it's interesting to see that choice to have Mordor still a good and fruitful place to be. And there are humans. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really seem like it's doing too hot because like, apparently there's cattle that are sick and dying because they've been eating poisoned grass and like their blood is black and it's, you know, disgusting. And honestly, most of the people are disgusting down in the Southlands. And so, I mean, you can tell things aren't exactly right as rain. Um, but it is cool that there's an elven watchtower and that like there are outland elves and they're still um, patrolling ever since, you know, Morgoth. I think that was a really cool take on this. Um, it, and of course, you know, they have to have a romance. So a, a forbidden love uh, around here and this, um, Bronwyn I I no not Bronwyn I think that's her son but, um and this this maiden 
this single mother. And yeah, I mean, you can tell there is something going on there. There's uh, some lovey-dovey feelings going on. And, you know, I'm okay with it. Um, as long as it doesn't take away from the story, um, you know, let people have love. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good show. Um, and I think people should definitely give it a shot. Don't expect it to be exactly what you want it to be. It's not going to. And honestly, you'd have to be a fool to expect it to be like that, like exactly what you want. Um, there are some accurate, there is accuracy in this show though. If like while you're watching, if you open up the x-ray uh, info and go to the, the trivia part, like while you're watching the show, there's general trivia and you, uh, for specific scenes and it mentions where they have the information, like where they got the information from. And that helps me personally. I'm like, wow, they legit did their homework on this show. Yeah. Things aren't how they are in the, like the timeline of the book and the appendices, but this still shows that they did not hold back on studying. Like, in this episode, because like Gilgalad says, Oh, the war is over. Like Sauron is like defeated. He found where he was and he's not there and he is, he is gone and we are safe. Um, and then, you know, gladly gives him like, I'm going to murder you eyes. Um, but <laughs> he, you know, Gilgalad, the high King of the elves of Linden, he, so, like awards all these elves who went with Gladriel, commander of the northern armies, um, basically the highest award and honor you can get, like it, which is their heaven, basically, and going to Valinor, the Undying Lands, the the blessed realm, um, and the like the general trivia, like in the end of this episode. Galadriel and all her soldiers are now dressed in white and they're sailing away from the Grey Havens or Mithland. Um, they are sailing into the west um, on the high sea to the Blessed Realm. And what I think is cool um, that in the general trivia, it, me it mentions that it is said that on the high sea while sailing to the Blessed Realm, a sweet fragrance on the air and the sound of singing voices comes over the water water to meet the elven ships. And then the gray rain curtain turns to silver glass and rolls back to reveal white shores in a far green country under a swift sunrise. And some of you may recognize this quote from Ian McKellen saying this in Return of the King. And this is a line from the books. Um, the very last book within Return of the King, which is book six, because there are six books in total. Um, each book is split into multiple. 
So book six, chapter nine, it's when Frodo is leaving the Grey Havens that he looks out as they're sailing and leaving the Grey Havens. And it says exactly this. The rain curtain turned to silver glass and rolled back. And he saw white shores and a far green country under swift sunrise. But to Sam, who was watching, it was still gray and it was still rainy. So it, it it's cool that in the basically last shot of this episode, Galadriel and her compatriots are sailing to the Undying Land. And you can see this. Like they show it in the episode, this opening of the lands of Valinor. And she, like they are going through, but then she hears like, this voice of her brother and she doesn't go like at the last second she jumps out of the boat the ship and then she is in the sundering sea she is in the middle of the ocean and like as she jumps out we see this meteor flying across the top uh, uh, flying across middle earth and it crash lands very close to the Harfoots, who we were introduced to, the ancestors of the Hobbits. So, as you can see, as unnecessary as they felt, they are going to be involved. Um, so, in short, I really liked the episode. Give it a shot. The whole show. Enjoy it for what it is. It is inspired by, it's not a shot-for-shot -shot remake of the appendices and i think if you do that you will enjoy a fantasy series and if you you may be thinking well you know i watched the wheel of time series that amazon prime did and that was awful yeah it was awful and i was very unhappy with that but this i feel like is much more faithful to the lore than wheel of time was wheel of time straight up like murdered some of the story that should have been kept and they changed things that it, it it just i feel like it ruined it and i can't watch it um but yeah i'd, I'd say give the shot it's wonderful and yeah that is my review of rings of power hope you all liked it and i will talk to you next time Toodles. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Matt's Nerd Closet. You can find this podcast on Spotify and most platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. See you guys next time.